That's well, you know what's weird is I've seen basketball and like it's <laughs> I, like that movie. Somebody was like, "Yeah, it's the creators of South Park. It's gonna be great." And then I watched it and I was like, you know, like it's not it's not great, but it was watchable. It was almost funny to see something that somebody that's that famous from making. A, a sh- like show like what their earlier work was yeah i mean but the, the early seasons of south park are actually pretty fucking funny still oh yeah for sure but uh basketball i would say i don't know if you're just a huge fan of all the stuff that they make like just go ahead and watch it it's not you it's know not a bad movie it's man. not any worse than like shitty like early thousands comedy movies like I don't know. Dodgeball wasn't too bad either, but it's one of those types of movies, you yeah. know? Oh, I like Dodgeball. Yeah, I mean, Dodgeball's alright, but I'm saying, like, Basketball is, like, the 90s version of something like that. That's true. Or and even, like... I like that they invented a sport for it. There actually was a basketball movie with um, Will Ferrell, remember? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I do. So uh, it was kind of, like, in that vein, but obviously it came out... What was that movie? Ten years earlier. B- basketball, Will feral semi-pro yeah that's what it was i saw i think i've seen most of that and i i remember thinking it was funny oh man that came out like when i was graduating high school at 2008 okay (laughs) yeah so that's obviously like at least 10 years older than basketball i would think i can see why it didn't do well (laughs) um why is that oh no, no reason no reason um, Wait, what are the scores that it got? Oh, like on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, 22 on Rotten Tomatoes. 82 Pretty good. Pretty good. Doesn't it seem like every time we look at the Google users, it's 82% like, yeah. every fucking time? For some reason, yeah. Maybe maybe everything like everything evens out to is, an 82. Yeah, average. Every single movie. <laughs> there's <laughs> always going to be critics and there's always going to be people who love it. Yep. Well, it, that makes sense because it. Well, I mean, eighty-two percent is definitely not the average of five point eight, twenty-two percent, forty. Well, no, but, I I just mean like as a group think it like averages yeah. out to, you know, because a lot of people are stupid, Ryan. You see, uh, but we're not stupid here on Pet. We'll also, also search for the podcast where we answer life's greatest questions by searching the internet. And you know what? You know what time it is, Jacob. Uh. Time to introduce today's topic, Ryan. Is that where where you were going with that? Yeah. Well, sort of. I mean, watches tell time, man. Yep, they sure do. What? (laughs) Watches tell time. What else would you use a watch for? Not broken watches, though, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit of dad humor there for you. Thanks. Thanks, Jake. Watches tell time. (laughs) I get it, because it's true. Yeah, it's 100% true. But, like, who invented the watch? Who invented the system of time? What is that? The ancients. The ancients. The ancients, Tony. (laughs) There was a time before time, you see, when time was not even a human construct. <laughs> what? Well, did the, wait? Did the sun invent time? Because like the, because it spins around, spins around the earth, and then that's how time was invented. 
right? I I don't think uh, time was invented. What is the first way time was recorded? Oh, recorded. Yeah. That's not what you were saying. I want to know. Oh, here we go. This is exactly what we wanted, Jacob. History of timekeeping devices. Okay, you started off very broad by saying when was time invented or like And look where we got. We got to exactly where we wanted. This is timekeeping devices. Yeah, which is uh, what is a watch but a timekeeping device. Okay. I'm just saying that you leapt pretty far forward uh after, you know, I was revealing that Time is just a con, like, time is whatever you make of it, essentially. Like, ah. it only exists when it's thought about. Right? That's true. Well, it, it's, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess, like, I'd say the changing of anything makes you feel like time has gone by. Like, the changing of the visuals, like, day to night, or, um, no, yeah, that's just a, that's just a yeah, way of, that's a way of, like, timekeeping mm-hmm. so you already like because time was obviously always measured in different increments like now we have it you know pinned down to it's 365 days in a year true yeah like i'm sure even like ancient people that were like hunter and gatherers they probably saw the sun go up and the sun go down they're like they just called they that were like cycle they just called the whole cycle between sunset and sunrise like a day. Yeah, and then it just kept for the rest of time. Yeah, but you know they didn't necessarily know what seconds were. No, they no. didn't think like one, two, three. Yeah, four, that's five. a construct. Oh, that's uh, those are seconds, and then sixty of those like that didn't exist. Yeah, you know, obviously the time when people started first figuring out ways to observe time's passage that's when it started being recorded or well not necessarily recorded but kept like they keep time you know yeah so i guess really we are all just keeping time because we're just keeping the time that we've had with ourselves i mean you could you could get more like quantum about it and be like time for the universe is from the beginning of the universe until its eventual end yeah, which we don't know when that's going to be. Or if it will nece- necessarily end. Like, yeah. I mean, I've heard I've heard scientists say that that everything in the universe will keep drifting apart until everything. Definitely. Everything is stopped like nothing's gravity is affecting anything else. It'd just be like a floating junkyard with nothing with gravity and everything's just like still. Oh, dead that, and cold sounds, sounds great it doesn't necessarily mean that like all the celestial bodies will like go away <laughs> yeah they'll still be there they'll just be dead and cold yeah and uh does that mean the end of the universe because who knows well you can't really put a definition of the time of the universe you like, know that life might come from the death and cold things might adapt you know things might adapt yeah just like humans methods of timekeeping adapted once we got a little bit more sophisticated and we're going to look at the history of timekeeping on our good friend wikipedia of course oh i like how this is starting man for thousands of years devices have been used to measure and keep track of time the current 
sexagesimal system of time measurement dates to approximately 2000 BC from the Sumerians. Did I say, is that sexagesimal? Okay. Sexagesimal. Yeah. You know, what's funny is as mm. soon as we went to this page, I saw that like my eyes just <laughs> immediately have all the words on it. Wikipedia immediately went to sexagesimal. Of course it did, Ryan. Yeah. I was just like, what is that? <laughs> Tell me about that sexagesimal system. Oh, here we go. Sexagesimal is a numerical system with 60 as its base. Mm-hmm. It's originated with the ancient Sumerians in the 3rd millennium BC and was passed down to the ancient Babylonians and is still used in a modified form for measuring time, angles, and geographic coordinates. Oh, dude, we're still using sexagesimal system. Yeah. Nice. The Egyptians divided the day into 12-hour periods, wink, and used large obelisks to track the movement of the sun. They also developed water clocks, which were probably first used in the precinct of Amun-Re, and later outside Egypt... As well, they were employed frequently by Persians and the ancient Greeks, who called them Sisyphidre. The Zhu dynasty is believed to have used the outflow water clock around the same time. Devices which were introduced from Mesopotamia as early as 2000 BC. Mm. Mm. So that's some ancient time there, Ryan. Yeah, but it is, in essence, the same sort of timekeeping system that we use to this very day wow i never knew that water clock is a weird looking thing man that's not what i was thinking it would look like Mm, that big fat water clock uh oh it's either a water clock or a clepsidra that's the oh is that an lcl Oh, yeah. Clepsydra. That's I, that's, I, what, I, that's another name for it. I, I mispronounced it when I read it earlier. It's a timepiece by which time is measured by the regulated flow of liquid into or out from a vessel and where the amount is then measured. Oh, so it's basically just like water falling out of a cup and filling something else up. Yeah, I mean, similar to like an hourglass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's. It almost seems like it'd be more of like a stopwatch in a, in a way, whereas like, that's not like a calendar. Yeah, like you, unless you like were really on timing with when you filled this and when it ended, like mm-hmm. multiple times during the day, you wouldn't be able to keep track of anything during the day with this. This is like an egg timer. Like if you were like throwing a big piece of like bacon and into a pan and cooking it up, like you could use this to. To know, like, okay, the bacon's been cooking for two minutes. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Or an hourglass, which... Seems like the superior of the two methods, in my opinion. And if it's an an appropriate size, I would assume it measures an hour, hence the name. Yeah. Because, you know, if you have, like... Um, you know, like in a game, like in a board game, there'll be like the tiny little sand timer. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would be, uh, you know, using misusing the word hourglass when they call the little sand timer an hourglass. Yeah. Because it's not measuring an hour. It's measuring like 25 seconds or something. 30 seconds. Yeah. And they probably have it like measured out some way where they know it's like, okay, we, this needs to take 60 seconds. So it'll be like, that's an hourglass. 
yeah. but for 60 seconds with the sand. Man, an actual hourglass must be huge. I think they're about uh, maybe up to two feet tall. Like They are pretty big, I guess. Hmm. That's true. Two feet tall. That's a lot of sand. Just Google uh, how big is an hourglass. Yeah, but we need to put how big. <laughs> how long is an hourglass? How big <laughs> is a real hourglass? Because we, like, we don't want like a, a minute hourglass. We want a real hourglass. Okay. Oh, I mean, how accurate is an hourglass? It's probably perfectly accurate. Uh, it says accurate. up there. It says yeah. after the design is finalized, actual construction of the hourglass is relatively straightforward. Sand clock designs can also be very considerably in size. The smallest known hourglass is are the size of a cufflink, and the largest are up to three feet or oh, okay. one meter tall. Gotcha. So it's probably just like the little hole. Although the... it it says the the smallest known hourglass or the size of a cufflink. Yeah, so that's small. That can't be an actual hourglass then. Well, or is hourglass just a generic word? Oh, let's see here. Hourglass or sand sand glass. Sand timer, sand clock, or egg timer? Why would you call it an egg timer? Because <laughs> maybe you only need a two-minute long one, so you, I don't know. Is a device used to measure the passage of time? It compromises, or it comprises of two glass bulbs connected vertically by a narrow neck that allows a regulated flow of a substance, typically sand, from the upper bulb to the lower. Typically, the upper and lower bulbs are symmetric, so the hourglass will measure the same duration regardless of orientation. Specific duration of time a given hourglass measures is determined by factors including the quantity and coarseness of the particulate matter, the bulb size, and the neck width. So, I mean, it sounds like hourglass is just a generic term for a sand, a sand timer, timer. Yeah. anything that so i guess you could call a little toy board game timer uh, an hourglass yeah I you guess could. dude i was just thinking like now you're gonna have to go with me on this this would be the most amazing clock ever take 12 gigantic like three foot hourglasses and then put them all in a row and have like a mechanism that flips them so, like, when the first one's flipped, like, that's the first hour, and then it goes all the way up to 12, like, as soon as one ends. And then, like, when they're one way or the other way, you can tell if it's, like, a.m. or p.m. That would be badass looking. That would be so cool. Mm. That's the clock that I want to have in my house. Like, fuck my cell phone. I want 12 three-foot hourglasses. I feel like the thing would have to... Up upside down. It would have to be, like... 12 feet wide yeah it'd be like this gigantic like hourglass sculpture where it's like telling time well you know you have the capabilities to actually make such a thing happen so oh man let me know I, I uh do that. let me know uh when it's done cause... we'll we'll do i'll put it right in the back with the windmill yeah yeah the giant, the giant windmill, ninety foot windmill with the giant hourglass powers uh, the utility cave, man. Yeah, it powers the cave, and and you know what? It's about to power the giant hourglass clock that's gonna be built uh, in the backyard here. <laughs> I could just imagine if you did have your gothic style. If you yeah, if you had like your twelve hourglass like 
fucking sand timer machine <laughs> and but then also you have a bunch of like <laughs> anime and hentai shit everywhere <laughs> what? why outside in the backyard <laughs> and so there's like, just sculptures of anime girls it's like anime and steampunk yeah, and shit anime. it's like it's like a like the side of a building in rome or something but it's got oh, anime girls and yes yeah, steampunk they have giraffes. like they have like uh like they have a uh, like stuff from a fucking scrapyard like that makes their clothes <laughs> and they have goggles and yeah. shit it's yeah. like mad you be they'll you, have like you be the fucking made of tar like car tires and stuff yeah <laughs> you'll be the fucking jules verna weebs up in this shit man yeah i'll be like hey baby you want to come over you, welcome you to my you'll palace be amazed by what i got in my backyard they just like is that a fucking windmill <laughs> Be you like, see, I use only renewable energy. <laughs> I'm trying to be green and save the earth. I don't even use my, a digital clock because like, I don't want battery acid to... And they go to look at the windmill and they're like, what? Whoa, there's a fucking 80 dead birds out here. Oh my god. You fucking monster. Why are there so many cardinals out here? It's and they disgusting. Like, and, they, and they run back into the house and you're just like, are you prepared for dinner? And it's like clearly just a dead bird that's been roasted. <laughs> You're just Man, like cooking a bunch of fucking dead birds on a spit like over your stove. A, I installed a bunch of like spikes in the ground so when the cardinals fall from the sky, they just get skewered and then you, have you just like, start a fire. You have like roast them. You have a fucking like like 1700s franklin stove like a cast iron stove in your kitchen like yeah. where the refrigerator used to be and there's just a bunch of dead birds fucking cooking in there yeah man making meat pies you got a bunch of like unnecessary cogs spinning everywhere on your walls <laughs> <laughs> what, like, what is this my house like a steampunk yeah or yeah but instead of like movie. halloween decorations on the front lawn it's just like Full like full size anime replicas of like yeah. where they're holding guns and like wearing metal like flat jackets and shit. One of them has a suit shit. of armor, but they have the hood open and it's an anime girl's face. Uh-huh. <laughs> they have like a fucking hellbird like guarding <laughs> the entrance to the house. Welcome to my palace. <laughs> yeah, you just turn into some weird fucking character guy with a big ass mustache yeah, and a top hat and a cane. You're like the Willy Wonka of fucking every, steampunk and anime. Striped. Like all the clothes would be striped. I feel like colors. I I feel like if you did that, it would like you could slot into that like so easily with your personality. Oh yeah, it'd be so easy. And then you could might do it. You could turn into that like weird guy in Pittsburgh. I think his name's like Randy or something. And you can like go see his like his weird wonder world of fucking wait really shit. (laughs) I'm gonna type in weird Randy's wonder world. Ran weird Randy's <laughs> Wonderworld. Pittsburgh. <laughs> oh man. Let me see if it auto filled. Really? Uh, Land. That's it. I can't believe we found it. Oh, we gotta go, we gotta look up Randyland. He's just like an eclectic guy that made his property into like an art installation. Like, oh look, some used bicycle frames from 1902. <laughs> what the heck, dude? This guy looks awesome. He has paint. Literally all over him. Yeah. 
in all different colors. This is just awesome. buy some new clothes Dude, already. How do you not want to go to Randy Land? There's map of the North Side, outdoor murals, the mirror wall, psychedelic staircase. Man, I want to go to psychedelic staircase. And if you pay extra, Randy will touch you. <laughs> oh man, don't say that. Randy looks like a fine gentleman. But I mean, <laughs> sorry, Randy. Yeah. Nothing personal. Nothing personal, Randy. It's fine. Okay, so this looks like a fun place to visit. Just immediately when you walk right through the threshold, he just pops out behind like a corner and he's like, Welcome to Randy Land. <laughs> you want to go to the psychedelic staircase and get high? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, he probably is, you know, he's... Gift shop. Yeah, I kind of want to see what's in the Randy Land gift shop real quick. Oh. Okay, you can get a Randyland uh, oh, phone case, man. man. Some of his artwork reminds me of like, what's that? The dude? walls at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, or like it really does. Or like the designs on like a brisk iced tea bottle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or like when they're trying to have like an avant-garde like Arizona iced tea can. I was gonna say some of the ones that have like figures like look kind of like that Keith Haring guy that makes the little fucking like dog outline thing. Oh yeah, thing. yeah. The, and he did like uh, artwork in the what subways, right? Yeah, Graffiti. from in like the eight, the late eighties and early nineties, I think. Yep. I like that guys. I when I don't know who's better though, him or Randy Land. Probably Randy Land. Well, I'm may- sure you would. Probably I'm sure not. you would think that, Ryan. Nah, nah. Keith Haring's a good dude. I, I, I remember liking him. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> what artist do you like, Ryan? What artist do I like? Yeah, like. Salvador I don't know. Do you like Dolly? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was great. That was like the most generic answer you could have uh, ever. That's given. what I was. I was like, ah, uh, uh. But other artists that I... My favorite artist is Pablo Picasso. (laughs) I like Ron Muke. Oh, Uh, there you go. Ron Muke's good. That's that's a bit of a... Frederick Hart. Frederick Hart's one of my favorites. Yeah. I forget a lot of fine art stuff that I used to be into. I I like more people that do, like, illustrative stuff and don't necessarily do, you know... I don't know. I would say they're more in like a pop surrealism vein or like almost in a cartoonish type of vibe. Which... Do you like the famous street artist guys? Like Banksy or like no. what about like Invader? Have you seen Invader? No. Dude. I don't know much about street art, right? He makes he makes uh I'm not out there in the streets. I'm sitting in my collage. I'm sitting now. in my tiny bedroom uh, in downtown Cincinnati <laughs> with true. a Wacom Dude, tablet. Dude, I bet there's an invader in Cincinnati. They're, they're like these... Oh, little... there's always invaders in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of them you don't want to come in contact with. Um, yeah, but no, Invader, he makes like collages. Uh, uh, of the, they're oh. like the <clears throat> invader. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, they're they're like the space invaders from that video game, like the eight bit oh, space okay. invaders, but they're made uh, out of like tiles, like a collage or a mosaic. Mosaic. That's the that's the right way to say it. Oh, invader <laughs> in uh, Cincinnati. That like totally changed when you said street art. I was thinking of like graffiti. So it's not paint, even it's just no, it's ceramic it, tiles. Yeah. 
Mm. And they're all over the place, man. That's really, that's really cool. Oh, man. You know what? I don't think there's one in Cincinnati. You got to go to Google Images, Doc. Invaded in Cincinnati. I'm going to type in street art because we're getting some weird results. You should have just started out with a... Uh... Yeah, it's like uh, this type of thing. This is what he does. Oh, uh, pixel like, art. Yeah, it's pixel art, but, but made out of tiles. But it's big because it's tiles, yeah. Yeah. Mm. A lot of them are small, too, but it's what he do. <laughs> That's what he do. Yeah. What about that one? It looks like it's inside of a place. This? That, no, the one above it. This? No, oh, no, it's outside. It's Spock. It's Spock with holding his hand up, ostensibly doing the live long and prosper hand gesture. And then there's also like, is that an enemy from Space Invaders? Yeah, in that's what. That's why his name's Invader. He well, yeah. With all I was. These. I couldn't place the actual creature. I I was trying to remember what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. Great. Not your thing. Actually, one of my favorite artists does street art as well, but he uses spray paint and acrylic paint to make pretty badass murals. His name is Jeff Soto. Oh, there's a Sonic one there. Yeah. Ryan likes Sonic. I do. <laughs> Sonic's awesome. I like Sonic's design from like the original games, but that's about as far as my love for Sonic goes. I don't really like the games. Have you played the original games? A little bit. I didn't have Sega, and I, I didn't play it enough to get good at controlling him. So I just thought it was like too fast and like, like yeah, you know, sporadic or whatever. So yeah, I was just I like, could eh. see that. and then and then by the time I was like a teenager and into a young adult, I started being aware of like the deep dark history of like fan art and ocs and like oh yeah and and then i just community thrive and then and then of course (laughs) finding out about chris chan and stuff and then i started being like ugh, i don't even want to give sonic a chance anymore like he kind of ruined sonic in a way in a way yeah i mean he didn't start that no the sonic fan base like turned into a weird like subgenre where people were like doing like fan art it's because of you know why super internet it's because of the the sonic cartoons that they made back in the day where they like sexualized the female characters in the show that's probably true because and then people grew up with that i mean i grew up with that I mean, I didn't, I, I, like, when I was in my young teenage years, I didn't, like, get super into internet culture at all. Like, I, I didn't, like, shy away from it. Like, I, I used it more as a utility of, like, if I wanted to learn something or if I needed to print out a picture of a Dragon Ball Z character that I could sketch or something like that. Like, yeah. I never, like, got into, like, the forums type of stuff or like the super like i don't know what the equivalent of like reddit would have been back in the day like maybe 4chan that no 4chan's not that old like i don't think it was around it would have just been like a random they had all kinds of different yeah but i didn't get in i wasn't a forum guy either i didn't get into any of that stuff so i didn't really know about like internet culture stuff until i was like easily like in my early 20s Mm because i just i don't know it's not I, I don't love being attached to, like, the internet and, like, always having to interact with people. Like, I don't even play, I don't even play interactive, ga- like, online games. 
because I oh, just don't I like wanna, that. I just don't even want to deal with the pressure of like interacting with real people that I can't even see or talk to. Well, you can talk to them with you if you have a headset. I mean, yeah, if you choose to do that, which I wouldn't. Like, oh man, that's fun talking to random people on there. Everybody just talks shit all uh, the time. Now. I know, but it's like you know that it's mostly gonna be like people between the ages of like eleven to like twenty. And they're all just going to be the worst people ever. That's true. Maybe getting up into even like, I don't know, because people that are, are our age that grew up with video games, they did that when it came out and they're still doing it. So you probably yeah. do have some people that are 30s, maybe mid 30s yeah, at the for most. Sure. And, but you know, those types of people that like are obsessed with playing games and playing online games, they're not up to any good if they're interacting with a bunch of kids, you know, like 20-year-olds or 14-year-olds. Like That's true. I mean, they might not it. talk to them, or they might just have their headset in, and, and then if some other person that's that old, they happen to... Or I don't know. Like, I feel like if you're 33 years old and you're playing, like, Call of Duty and, like, talking to all the people on there and be like, oh, fuck yeah, bro, like... That kind of shit, like oh, I don't, saying uh, saying the f slur and all the, and every fucking terrible like vitriol you could think of. Like I don't why if you're that old, the only reason you're going into that environment is because you like being part of it. Yeah. So why that's like true? You know, I would just opt out from the beginning to interact with people. I would just play the game. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's par- partially just, like, communicating with other people, though. Like, no, yeah, So you I know. can tell them what to do or where If you, you played, are. like, SOCOM or some shit, the the people playing that are probably, like, serious. Like, they're coming up with handles and, like... Yeah. Yeah, like, codes and stuff. Like, they actually get into the tactical side of it. So, I mean, I guess that's okay, but I feel like Call of Duty and shit, like, that's probably just a bunch of, like, 16-year-olds, like, calling yeah, each other... true. You know, bad words, you know? Yeah. None of which will be ever be mentioned here on people also search for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're not, we're we're, uh, we're not. We're really peaceful. We're juvenile, but we're not that juvenile. Oh yeah, we're we're pretty juvenile though. We're just juvenile in the peepees and butts sense. Of yeah, the word. I suppose. I, I suppose. Yeah, not not the not the really bad words. We know the words. <laughs> we just don't we're use them familiar. here. We're familiar with culture. <laughs> Oh man, we're also familiar with time. Reddit is a pretty bad place. I just got to circle back around. Really? And is it? I, I I went on there briefly, and you oh. know I've had some good conversations on there with people that you know. I feel like if you're going somewhere and like, con- like looking for something that's constructive, like people that like are talking about how to fix cars or like fix a computer or like how to beat a video game. There's probably a lot of, but it, like most of the just like random shit that's on Reddit. It's just like, ugh, like a bunch of people just wasting their time and saying filthy shit and so like poisoning the fucking society with all their the youths of a uh, of America. They're poisoning the youths, and a lot of them are the youths. Ryan, the youth are starting to change. Starting to change. Together, 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 the youth. They're starting to change. <laughs> oh man, MGMT. Um. So, anyways, we 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 went off on a little bit of a path. Although I didn't tell you what my favorite artist is. Uh, I mentioned his name, Jeff Soto. He yeah, makes yeah. like big fucking badass uh, uh, outdoor mural murals, and you know, like makes like limited run like 
sculptured old toys or like I don't know prints and stuff. Oh, pretty sick, nasty yeah, that's pretty, shit. That's some pretty cool stuff, right there. He's done a lot of like bands, album artworks too. So, pretty cool guy. I would say he's definitely one of my favorites. But it's not like he doesn't make. I don't know. I'm sure he's had like gal- lots of gallery shows and stuff, but. You know, this isn't like your classical type of art, like uh, Max Ernst or, you know, some like postmodernist yeah. uh, person. I don't know. He's more of like a, a pop, well, I yeah, like even pop, say surrealism. Pop, yeah, pop surrealist artist. He's not really a, a fine artist. He fine. He fine. He a fine artist. <laughs> is he fine or is he a fine it's artist? weird because i remember like i used to have like a huge long list of a bunch of artists that i liked when i was like going through college and stuff yeah i still have that list but i mean i do like i, I don't remember i him. do to some extent but i just mean like i could tell you like 10 to 15 of my favorite artists right off the bat where now i'm just like oh, you know, there's like i'd have to look at my instagram to remember who yeah. the artists are that i like you know, that kind of shit. You don't talk about it as much. Well, once you're out of well, art school, you don't really talk about art nearly as much. No. As and constantly going to galleries or something. Yeah, and a lot of the times, like, especially now, like, all through the, the pandemic and stuff, like, people probably weren't going to art galleries and stuff. Like, I mean, most people are just seeing art, like, on Instagram. So I, I see mostly people that do, like, illustrative stuff or, like, you know, like, fan art or, like, original characters, you know. A storm is coming. It's a spooky October night. And it's almost Halloween. Lightning struck out the window. I've been murdered! Isn't it past Halloween right now for this? Oh, in the pot. Yeah, Yeah. for the listeners, yes. Halloween has already come and gone. And uh, I'm sure you have a lot of candy to snack on while you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, from your your trick or treating adventures. Maybe some uh, sixlets, or maybe a Twix bar. Maybe, or even a payday. Imagine that, Ryan. A payday. Oh, or a Reese cup. Mm. Yeah. Yes, Ryan. A Reese's cup, indeed. And we're gonna get into the soft peanut buttery center of our topic today. You know, we diverted a little bit away from time and timekeeping, but we're coming right back because the real topic is watches specifically, right, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to see where they came from. Take us back to the history of timekeeping devices on Wikipedia there. And it says the first mechanical clocks employing the verge escapement mechanism with... uh, a foliot or balance wheel timekeeper were invented in Europe at around the start of the 14th century and became the standard timekeeping device until the pendulum <laughs> the pendulum clock was invented in 1656 the invention of the mainspring in the early 15th century allowed portable clocks to be built evolving into the first pocket watches by the 17th century. But these were not very accurate until the balance spring was added to the balance wheel in the mid-17th century. So we're looking about 1650 or, yeah, 1650 around there when we actually had as a human race the an accurate watch. 
or pocket watch. It didn't necessarily say that it was a wrist watch. Yeah. So are those like the ones where they had them on the chains and you would have them in your front pocket yeah. of your vest and yeah. you have like a big curly mustache and a cane? I mean, I'm sure they look... Yeah, that, like what would that... be outside of my house with an anime girl's face on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like tank girl meets... Uh, oh. Um, like Romeo Like Jules Verne meets whatever anime show clan ad i don't know yeah i think that's an anime show that's the greatest anime show of all time i know that's ryan's favorite yeah the pendulum clock remained the most accurate until the 1930s oh how about that ryan that's pretty recent when quartz oscillators were invented followed by atomic clicks (laughs) after world war ii Although initially limited to laboratories, the development of microelectronics in the 1960s made quartz clocks both compact and cheap to produce. And by the 1980s, they became the world's dominant timekeeping technology in both clocks and wristwatches. Atomic clocks are far more accurate than any previous timekeeping device and used to collaborate or calibrate, that is, other clocks, and to calculate the international atomic time, a standardized civil system. Coordinated universal time is based on atomic time. Thanks, Adams. I feel like microelectronics is something they would use to, like, to advertise a... Like a novelty watch, or like something. in the eighties, like, like, a sick like, guitar solo, like blistering with some checkerboard pattern behind. It's be like, like now featuring microelectronics. Yeah, exactly. Buy your Masters of the Universe wristwatch, wristwatch now. Then, yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Like that. There's no other word that you would see advertising a watch like that besides radical. <laughs> yeah, radical. It's got microelectronics. <laughs> Yeah. It's got blast processing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Get your limited edition Mountain Dew wristwatch now. Only three easy payments in 1999. Or you could win one by buying a specialty meal at Taco Bell. So let's go specifically to watches. Watches. Yeah. Also, we didn't even touch on sundials, which... Pff, Everyone knows what a fucking sundial is. It's just a fucking thing in the ground that casts a shadow. But it probably was more accurate than a lot of those earlier versions of timekeeping. Like, I feel like a sundial is more accurate than an hourglass. I, that They didn't have hourglasses back then. Yeah, <laughs> they had sundials. True. Um, wristwatch? Wristwatch. I'll let you take some of this one there, Ryan. Oh, okay. So a wristwatch is the the concept of a wristwatch goes back to the production of the very earliest watches in the 16th century. Elizabeth Elizabeth I of England received a wristwatch <laughs> from Robert Dudley in 1571, described as an arm watch. <laughs> okay. It takes your whole arm. Yeah, it's like the technology hasn't. It's like uh, a, it's like a leather gauntlet, like steampunk gauntlet yeah. with like buckles and shit everywhere. It's, there's gears all around <laughs> it that are control the watches. Oh yeah, like cogs all up and down. Oh, let's, let's start you up here. You just it's put, got a crank. Yeah, on it. you have to like crank it to power it. Oh, Steady arm, Queen Elizabeth. Oh, it's you just gonna hurt me. You snapped my elbow. 
It's like my hair's caught in the gears. Steam powered and shit. Yeah, oh, it's got a big like exhaust on the side of it. And it shoots steam out every time. Like whoa, every do you have hour a, on the hour. Whoa, do you have a bionic arm? Nope, it's just my arm watch. <laughs> oh man, you got to do that, Ryan. You got to be the Randy Land of fucking steampunk Punk. waifus. That's what you can call it. Steam- Welcome to Ryan, the magical world of steampunk waifus. And you just have like a bunch of like pillows nailed to the wall that have like welding goggles like wrapped around the head. You put like Dickie's jumpsuits on them and shit. I've recently upgraded and installed my newest piece. It's a real doll, you see. Yeah. It's better than this. It's those... on top of my chrome bed. <laughs> <laughs> my chrome bed. Yeah. It's, it, it's kind of weird to think about chrome in a steampunk world, though. I think everything would everything, be like yeah, everything's eroded more, and shit. That's true. Chrome's more like future, where steampunk is more uh, like rustic. Everything's like looks rusty and like bronze. Bronze is steampunk. Are you thinking of like like a shadow watch, like dystopian future or something? Yeah. that's like steampunk. Yes. So, so you're saying like in the future, humans revert back to using steam power? Yeah, they. they Everything's yeah. like huge and clunky, like a fucking Doctor Seuss contraption. <laughs> yeah, that's why the watch takes up an entire. They're like crank arm. it up, shook it, and it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking good. rambling down the road. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, that oh, sounds man. like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Instead of, like, having, like, a modern, like, Glock handgun, it's, like, everyone has, like, flintlock pistols and, like, knives made from just, like, a piece of flat steel that they, like, ground an edge to. I feel like there would be a lot of, like, Rube Goldberg devices yeah. all over the place. Like, when you would go into somebody's house, like, if you, oh, man. if the alarm system would be, like, it would be, like, a, a little, like, broom that gets knocked over when you open the door and it, like, lands on a, like, a button that... Yeah. Puffs a piece of, like, a feather into the air, and then that goes across the room and goes into a net that pulls down, like, something that drops a bowling ball that goes down the yeah. wall, and then the bowling ball drops on, like, the robber's head as they walk into the door. It's like a giant uh, mousetrap board game where, yeah. like, a big cage just, like, falls down over them. And the fucking man flips through the air into a bathtub. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it flips the robber that's robbing your house into the bathtub that's oh, in the, or the pool that's in the backyard. Oh my god! Next to the windmill. Yeah, next the to the windmill. Birds. Yeah, yeah. And then and then like uh, that <laughs> the clock turns. Man, I want I want you to be that I want you to be that guy like but so bad. I don't I want, know if this I'm, is this is starting to be impossible. I actually like, I don't like know if I can build. I want to like make a fan art of like <laughs> you as that guy with the big mustache like, and the dead at birds the top of shit. the windmill, like just looking out and over the giant... gaze upon yeah. my windmill, gaze upon my windmill <laughs> and my giant hourglass contraption that tells time. <laughs> Are you saying it tells time? It tells one whole day. This is my waifu. Her name is Yuki. <laughs> she is my life partner. And although she may be cold, I love her anyway. It keeps my it keeps my head cool in the summer months. Oh man. 
man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Man, I can't believe that Yuki was like the the only like the most Japanese sounding name. I was like, "Yep, that's that's the most Japanese generic sounding name I can think of." Yeah, isn't there like isn't the like animated like singer like are you know what I'm talking about the like the girl that's like Hatsune Miku? Oh, Miku. Okay, so Yeah. <clears throat> I thought it was Yuki something. Mm, but no, I mean No, I'm sure there's plenty of Yukis though. Oh, yeah. Plenty of Yukis to go around. Yeah, any any Yuki you want. Hey, we got Yukis uh, flying off the shelves over here. You want a Yuki? Come and get it. You get a Yuki. You get a Yuki. You get a Yuki. Oh, what time is it? Ah, oh, shit. My, I was going to say, like, my steampunk watch. My arm watch. My, my arm watch has run out of steam. Huh. No. Oh, man. Um, So... Yeah, we we learned about the origin of watches, but you know what what I'm really interested in? Why are watches so darn expensive? Oh, you know what? Cuz if you get like a quote unquote fancy wristwatch, you probably be in the bank for about 10 G's. <laughs> Why are watches so darn expensive? <laughs> <laughs> oh, people also ask why are watches so overpriced? The first thing that came up actually says darn in it. It says discover why Breitling watches for men are so darn. Actually, they missed the R. It just says for men so darn expensive. Coming straight from uh, luxurymenswatch.com. Oh, boy. Wait. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Oh, it seems to be. A, a rain shower that seems to be Harrison Ford on this website page maybe he's the only person who can afford one of these watches go back down a little bit and uh, it says for prices in the range of 5,000 plus quartz movement is a joke honestly a complete joke watchmakers for the aforementioned brands go through painstaking efforts to carefully craft automatic movements precision is uncanny Interesting enough that Daniel Wellington keeps excellent time as well. Um, <clears throat> I I don't see a, a direct answer in that part. Let's Wait, sum it up. There, that's what we need. Let's do that, Ryan. So sorry to disappoint. There is not really one tangible reason for luxury watches to cost more than a mid-sized sedan. Luxury itself can be considered a brand because it encompasses Breitling, IWC, Rolex, and Omega. This luxury tier of watches carry a, number one, perceived sense of value. Number two, host of premium materials and design. So, bottom line, if you want to just tell the time, get that $10 Casio. <laughs> Cheers, Miles. Okay, Miles, thanks for nothing, you you fucking piece of shit. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Like, It's seeming like he's just saying it's just a status symbol, and there's no reason it's that expensive, which is probably partially true. But I would think that like a handcrafted watch would be kind of expensive compared to like something that's mass-produced or digital. Like, I'm guessing it's like a, a handcrafting kind of thing. Like, it's like... yeah. Uh, how much is a handcrafted watch? 
Maybe that'll... Oh, okay. Oh, God. One of them is $150,000. Yeah. $349,700. What the fuck? Hmm. I don't understand how they're that much. Here, there's one that says, Why are watches so expensive? From... Abligal. A blog to watch. Oh, a blog. <laughs> I can never. Th- I can never read the stuff that's like all jammed together. It's like a bunch of words. A Why? blog to watch dot com. Yeah. Um. In the URL, I meant. That's what I was looking at. Ah. Oh, okay. Ah. Uh, I get. I hate when they're like in the first person. Oh, okay. here we go. Watches can be expensive to make and develop. That's number one. Mm. Oh, here we go. A good timepiece can take between a few days to many months to produce. That that would increase costs, I would assume. Oh, yeah. Even brands with high demand often cannot get enough product to market. The problem creates inc- er, creates increased market demand and a bottleneck of production. Many brands would like to make more watches than they do, but this isn't always easy or cost-effective. High demand is a, a problem people want to have and is due to the time and complexity involved in making high-end timepieces. I like mm. that they call it a timepiece. I feel like saying like I've got a timepiece is way better than just saying I've got a watch. Sure. It sounds cooler. This is related to the concept that watches are expensive due to low production and expensive suppliers, which I discussed below. Mm. Mm. Movements aren't always cheap is the next reason. Uh says when you are talking about very high-end exotic mechanical movements the price per movement can be in terms of tens of thousands of dollars whoa <coughs> to make it move yep the now defunct but famed bnb concept movement maker went out of business because brands couldn't afford to pay the bills after buying such expensive components for their timepieces holy shit bnb concept wasn't overpriced but cost of most of their complex movements simply cost that much for this high end or for this reason high end watches with complex movements are made more often than not in very limited quantities because it is too expensive for brands to have these watches sitting around unsold due to their cost of production oh, oh okay so, so they can if only you make a couple yeah you can only make like it's sort of like how airlines will like oversell tickets to a flight. Yeah. Because if people don't show up, then they still have a full plane, essentially, or at least a fully paid for trip. Yeah. So the watch manufacturers are actually making less than what the current demand for them is because they can only move so many and Yeah. It sounds like it's a very highly engineered piece of a machinery. Yeah. So that it, because it said that some of the manufacturers said that it, it actually does cost that much to make these. So they're only selling them to manufacturers when they absolutely need them. Yeah, so basically they, can't just they afford- don't have any on the shelf. It's like there's one, and then when you buy that, it's like they make another one kind of thing. Like it's like it's almost like they're well, probably not just one. I'm sure they yeah. have like maybe a dozen or so. Like that seems like it would be a lot, but 
Yeah, but it's almost like you're getting a one-of-a-kind thing. Yeah, well, you literally are. Yeah. I mean, because if they're that precisionly handcrafted, then... And I, I assume that the the body of the watch and... Uh, what do you call it? Strap? What? The wrist? Yeah, thing? yeah, like the leather strap. The wrist strap. Yeah, I'm sure those are like... Because a lot of them are metal, you know, or like maybe they're fucking like solid oh, gold or oh, silver. Yeah. And that's another thing, like the materials, obviously, if you have, uh, you know, a half a pound worth of silver in one watch, like that's probably pretty expensive right there. Yeah. And then it has to be diamonds encrusted. Yeah. And then the the diamonds would make it obviously tens of thousands more. I don't know if I'd want diamonds in my watch though. Oh, many do. And I, you know, I don't get it. If I had a bunch of money, I feel like I would just give it away i wouldn't just give it away i mean i definitely give some of it away but i would mostly buy like stuff that i think is like cool shit or like fun like dirt bikes and like vehicles and stuff oh you know like that, i wouldn't be you buying know that if we were rich we would be buying that that shark submarine so, we could <laughs> go, so you and i could go on a submarine adventure oh man that Imagine has to be a speed submarine adventure. That has to be multi-million dollar vehicle. Yeah, exactly. But imagine what we could do. <laughs> yeah, we would we buy the be a shark. We buy the shark thing so we could immediately kill ourselves in it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we probably would. I feel like you have to have some kind of license. Those have to for be that. fucking dangerous to yeah, drive. Yeah, man. Speedboats are dangerous. No, That's but a I, speedboat that can go underwater. I would definitely have like dirt bikes and motorcycles and like like mu- like old muscle cars and stuff like I wouldn't <clears throat> I wouldn't get like but like a watch that costs four hundred thousand dollars like that's, that seems yeah. like a bad way to you know because it doesn't matter where you are like somebody's just like ooh that's a nice watch you're like yeah I spent most of my my lottery winnings on it yeah if so actually if you yeah if you I rather buy to, a, went to a party with a four hundred thousand dollar watch people would probably be like what an idiot. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I would rather have like a dope house and like a bunch of fun vehicles and stuff. He could have like paid for, you know, like you could pay for like the mortgage on four people's houses with your one watch. <laughs> with your one watch, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, easier said than done, right, Ryan? <laughs> for the for your everyday materialist, I suppose. That's true. I mean, if you want to buy a $400,000 watch, go do that. And please sponsor us. I like how number four says most watch brands want to be luxury brands. Well, yeah. It's like, why would you make less money when people So you're just like flooding the market with more expensive bullshit and like trying to edge out other companies that are barely staying in business as it is. Yeah. Man, the watch game is probably savage, you know? Trying to like like the luxury watch brands, like Rolex versus... I bet there's like some investigative journalism documentary. I don't know. I bet there's like a documentary about like the watch watch wars. Yeah, like sort of how there was like Tiger King. Oh, yeah. Or it was like kind of like... You want to pitch it to Netflix and see if we can get it? (laughs) We can do all the research and go... Watch wars? Yeah, we can go to all the different watch companies and be like, so... Ooh, ooh. I'll be the fat cameraman, Ryan. (laughs) And I'll interview them. (laughs) Yeah, man. Um, Watch wars. That probably exists in some form or another. uh, We've heard that Fossil's been on the low trying to sneak into Rolexes. 
facilities. Fossil? Yeah, to like see the, what they've been up to. Like the mall brand yeah. store? Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Well, what, what, what we got to look up what the most expensive watch brands are. At, uh, I already read sure. them earlier. But did we, like, there's got to be, like, what's the most, lu- like, luxury... I'm. I was more. I mean, we already saw that they go up into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, I don't really care about the specific brands, which I did list them earlier uh, in that one in that other article. Um, I like so. number seven. Just says you don't know any better. <laughs> like, like that's why watches are so expensive. Yeah. It says. Oh no. Go ahead. Um. Anything else interesting in this article? Um, no. Is it, is it worth it? In the end, an expensive watch is worth the money, in quotes, when looking at a few factors. First, does the quality match the cost? If you were getting a $500 quality for $1,000, the watch isn't worth it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Second, does uh, the market justify the price? Are other people paying this amount for similar or the same watch? Well, this is just like if you're buying anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Well, let's let's. I, I'm, How I'm, is the resale market? Are prices being valued at auction? Uh, I don't it, think it's important, man. I don't. A, think a it's watch worth with it. the name of Cartier will cost more than the exact same watch without the name Cartier on it. So there it is. Is the name worth it to you? So you could potentially get a four hundred thousand dollar watch for. $80,000 potentially because yeah. uh, really the movement is what makes it like a highly engineered like handcrafted piece in a way I mean the body obviously can be handcrafted or you know encrusted in diamonds or whatever but that's true yeah the strap in the watch itself are probably completely different I bet like a designer strap could make a yeah. watch go up in price like crazy. Well, and I'm sure that is it's handcrafted as well. Yeah, yeah, probably. So that's, you know, that's a lot of material, like like precious resources and, um, and uh, you know, time and precision engineering for the movement, which the one thing I was really interested in was uh, like how they work, but you can search for the most expensive watch. I want to know what the most expensive watch ever sold was. Oh, okay. A Patek Philippe. A watch sells for $31 million, <laughs> making it the most expensive wristwatch ever auctioned. Whoa. Okay, the sale tops a previous record set in 2070 for a Rolex Daytona, once owned by Paul wow. Newman, which sold for $17.7 million. Holy crap, so this is the most expensive watch of all time. I wonder what year it was made. Patek Philippe? I uh, bet it's from, like, the 1600s. Okay. Uh, I could, like... Just go on that article. Oh, this... I'm sure it'll say. Um, The steel... Oh wait, no. Um It looks cool as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that is that the exact one though? I don't it think is. that's this is, yeah. Oh it is? I think so. Um It's 
says the buyer the watch has not been identified but there must be a way to say when it was made the patek philippe grandmaster chime reference 6300 a-010 is the only one of its kind that will be made in stainless steel oh okay so there's other ones but they're not in stainless steel whoa so this is the only one of that kind i'm surprised it, oh uh i was surprised it wouldn't say like what year it was made or like where it came from i'll just type it in Deck Philip, uh, time period. Nailed it. Got it. No, not really. I was wondering about that specific watch, but oh, okay. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Dude, we could know. We have the exact number. Yeah, the sixty-three hundred A dash zero one zero. Yeah. I guess I'll I'll take that code. I'll type it in to the Google. <laughs> And I'm typing in that and then year. Year. There we go. 1920. The Shit. Roaring Twenties. They I thought roaring, it was going to be right? way older than that. That's crazy. So that leather uh, strap, like that was, that's probably the actual strap that it was made with. Probably, yeah. And it's only ex that expensive because there is only one made of stainless steel, and that's the only stainless steel one. Pretty dope. Pretty cool. So, so how does it you want to know how it works? Yeah, just one. That's that's a pretty reasonable thing to want to learn about oh, watches. Yeah. How does a watch work? This could open an entire door. Also, before we recorded, you mentioned a word that has to do with what we're talking about and i don't believe we ever even informed the listeners about that oh the the study of uh watches is called horology oh don't say that ryan <laughs> horology you're gonna get canceled oh okay horology don't say that ryan what? you're gonna get <laughs> Horology is the study and measurement you of time. You can't, oh, Ryan. You can't be going out there on the internet and saying that, Ryan. Oh, there's nothing wrong you're, with you're, saying you're, horology. You're, you're not gonna it's get, perfectly you're, fine. You're, you're, you're gonna get canceled. We're not gonna get canceled. Don't, don't say that, Ryan. We're gonna tell them how a watch works. We can't get canceled oh. giving out information like that oh, that don't. the people need to hear the most important part of a watch <laughs> a mechanical watch is driven by a mainspring which must be wound either periodically by hand or via a self-winding mechanism a device called an escapement releases the watch wheels to move forward a small amount with each swing of the balance wheel moving the watch's hands forward at a constant rate ooh baby I kind of want to see some some pictures here. I'm sure there's some nice old diagrams. Dang. Have you ever like busted open a shitty clock like and it's just like it looks so fucking cheap and easy to make like that that diagram there. This. Yeah, that like reminds me of how the inside of like a kitchen clock that you get at the dollar store looks. Yeah. <laughs> there's like five cogs and like a little battery like um like circuit and everything <laughs> made of plastic yeah yep even the batteries made of plastic and you're like how does this even work <laughs> how does this magical plastic battery work 
Oh, there's a diagram right there that looks. Oh, even the the um the complex watch one looked pretty cool. Where is that? It was on uh, the previous picture. Oh, that one. See the gold. I think that's an actual watch. Oh yeah. How does a watch work without a battery? I'll tell you how. It works with a ratchet. It works with a barrel arbor. It works with a click spring. It works with a click. It works with the spring barrel. Works with a barrel. Works with a third wheel. Works with the third wheel pinion. Works with the fourth wheel. Works with the fourth wheel pinion. Works with the escape wheel pinion. Works with the escape wheel. Works with the entry pallet. Works with the pallet staff. Works with the exit pallet. Works with the pallet. Works with the rollers. Looks at the collet. Works with the stud. Works with the ballot. Works with the balance spring. Works with the balance staff. Works with the center wheel. Works with the center wheel pinion. Works with the crown wheel. Works with the plate. And that's how. Works. That's how a watch works. I literally everyone. named every piece. Yeah. <laughs> so you just put all that together and you got yeah. yourselves a watch. Yeah, you just uh, learn. You go to the library, you take out a couple books and alchemy, then you go find all these cogs <laughs> and pinions and shit and you fucking throw them up in the air and boom, you got a watch. Yeah, there you go. That's how it's done. Oh, man. Strap to your arm, go on with your day. You're also gonna have to learn alchemy now too, Ryan. So you can. So fuck I'm gonna your, be an alchemist. Fuck your real dolls in yeah, your backyard no, want, in the windmill. I don't do that, dude. They're wearing like suits of armor. I don't want to go anywhere near them. That's dangerous.